Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Welcome to a Daily Tech News Show special episode. I'm Tom Merritt and today we're going to be talking about logistics and the chip shortage and why you can't get a PS5 maybe or an NVIDIA chip. Uh, we talk about the chip shortage a lot on Daily Tech News Show, and I think we do a pretty good job of explaining the basics of the issues. There was a fluctuation in orders, there was unexpected demand, and the chip plants are now operating at capacity while they try to work through the backlog and bring on new plants to add capacity. But it takes a while to build those plants. The shortage was most acute in automobiles because of the unexpected demand there, but has started to affect other sectors as well. Most recently, Apple talking about a possible impact on iPhones this next quarter. Now, I think that all makes sense, but there are other factors at play beyond just demand and capacity, and that's shipping. The entire world's shipping system, which properly is called logistics by people in the know, got thrown into disarray because of the change in ordering patterns caused by pandemic-related lockdowns. Here to help us understand that side of the tech product shortages is James Thatcher, a.k.a. Big Jim, an import-export manager, host of Tech and Trade, and most recently a poet. Uh, Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much. Happy to be here to help illuminate the world on the wonderful world of logistics and shipping right now. Yeah, so let's start by you telling us what normally happens once a chip is made and it's ready to sure. leave a plant. Sure. So it, it typically what happens is two different types of, of shipping it could go. It could go air freight or ocean freight. It depends on the need. Okay, so we're going to mainly focus on ocean freight right now because that's what's causing a big problem. Um, Air freight is also having a problem because ocean freight, but we'll get into that later. Typically what happens is uh, your fab builds out specialized pallets to hold the chips in to keep corrosion out, uh, loaded with desiccant. They're typically put into certain types of Gaylords. Those Gaylords are loaded into ocean containers. um, What's a Gaylord? Okay, so a Gaylord is typically... Uh, a some people call them cheps, although that's a brand name. But it is a plastic tote. Uh, just think of it like a big plastic tub, like you would see a big plastic milk crate. Okay, but like what people t- have in their co- in their uh, closets sometimes. But I'm assuming much larger and more sophisticated. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's the size of a pallet. It's typically yeah. 48, 48 by forty eight inches by forty inches by about three to four feet tall, depending on what you order. Um, they typically fill these up in trays and they go inside of the Gaylords and they're sealed up with tons of desiccant. Those are then put into an ocean container and that ocean container could be 20 feet or it could be 40 or what's sometimes called 40 high cube as well, which is slightly taller. Uh, the largest ocean 
container that you typically see as a 45 foot, although there are a small amount of 53 foot uh, ocean containers available, but you don't see them that often. They're pretty rare. They basically then get put into this container. The container gets a seal put on it. Trucker takes it to a pier. All normal stuff so far. Okay. Container- and you're choosing ocean over air because of cost, time- cost. cost and, and cost. need of timeliness cost well and like you would choose air if you're like it's got to be there faster so i'm willing to pay correct 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 but typically ocean freight is uh it's cost but unlike i would say 10 even 15 years ago when i've been in this industry um ocean freight timing has gotten more and more precise okay um up until the last year or two you could you could run uh a pseudo uh, just in time. And that's where the automotive industry gets into trouble. Gotcha. But typically what happens is you have an ocean container. It comes into the port. It gets put on a boat at some point, comes across, gets taken off the boat. It might get picked up in LA or Seattle or New York or Norfolk or Miami or one of these big ports and trucked to the location, or it gets pushed, put on a rail car. It gets railed to an inland location, and then it gets trucked to the final location. This is the very – I'm giving everybody the very basics of how sure, this works. Sure, sure, So what's happened? What's changed? Why are we seeing all these shortages? What's, what's going on? When COVID hit, the entire retail industry as well as the entire logistics industry uh, predominantly thought this was going to mean volumes would decrease. Mm-hmm. We we thought there wasn't going to be a big increase in volume. Uh, and that held true. When the lockdown started in March uh, of, of last year, um, there was a decrease. Things started to go downward as far as things as we perceived. However, what we found was coming into June, July, the market started rallying again. Why did the market start rallying again? Mainly because People were working from home. People were buying things online. People were having things delivered online. Your volume consumption actually started to increase more than normal. Your typical shopper from a retail perspective, and retail is kind of comes back to chips in, a, in essence of it's all the same space to an extent. Retailers uh, started to see more and more dot-com buildup where you might have somebody go into a store and look at something and say, yeah, maybe I'll buy it, maybe I won't. Now they're going online and just saying, yeah, I'll buy it, whatever. I'll buy it, whatever. And so they're not that, that combined with the fact that when you go into the store and decide to buy it, you ship it home, right? Yes. You carry it out, you put it in your car. Now everybody's right. got to have it be put on a container and put on a truck, et cetera, et cetera. Which is why you're seeing uh, certain online retailers such as Amazon no longer give you a next day option. Mm-hmm as often they're typically saying two to three days option and that's predominantly the reason their volumes have exacerbated so much they're at their breaking point to an extent um when it comes to ocean freight logistics we started to see an uptick to get almost back to normal volumes in july uh which is start of our typical peak season starts from june and it goes through november why is there a peak season well it's one simple thing it's called christmas (laughs) everybody ships in early to get into christmas um, when we got to October, the market started over, over collapsing itself. So what would happen is you would have more and more people trying to get vessel bookings, but they couldn't get space because a lot of the carriers have put their vessels into what's called cold storage. They basically shut them down and they sit on anchor and they don't, you know, they're not operational. It takes two to three weeks to get it reoperational. Ah, so, so, we, so you have, you have more 
shipping happening that was expected and they had accidentally uh put all these these vessels in cold storage and they're like well it's going to take time to get them out okay i'm with so you so it so your demand this is where we start to see from a demand versus supplies perspective demand start to come a little bit above supply carriers recover they bring them back out of storage now we have another problem you have ocean containers which we talked about mm-hmm Typically what happens is in the typical cycle flow, containers coming out of Asia to, let's say, the U.S. or even Europe, containers come out, they go to the pier, they get unloaded, they get returned, and then empty containers typically come back. Would they love to fill the containers to make more money on the backhaul? Absolutely. But most of the time, it's, you know, if you were to take a thumbnail average, it's usually about six to one, six empties to sure. one full container to come back. And that's just because more products are being made in Asia uh, and being Correct. bought in Europe and the U.S. Okay, I get that. Correct. So now with the cargo, with the, the containers over in the United States, you started to see people not being able to unload them as quickly people being taking longer to, to cycle time and through pull them back out. So now in Asia, what that means is there's less containers. Uh-huh. So we start to have a container shortage. So part so, of the unloading, I assume, was uh, pandemic restrictions. Correct. Right. Pandemic restrictions were huge. It shut down a lot of the ports. Uh, a lot of the longshoremen couldn't work, which took our vessel capacity way down. Um, you then also had restrictions on sailors. Mm-hmm. So uh, merchant marines were not able to get on to the boats or even get to the boats you had merchant marines that were working up to 12 to 13 months on a vessel and the typical contract period is six to eight months at most um so they're they're overexerted they're exhausted (laughs) and you have in addition to that truckers Remember, we don't have those beautiful automated trucks yet to be able to just take everything everywhere truckers were backlogged as well well that causes congestion at the pier what then cycles and happens is you have congestion at the pier which causes congestion two ways forward outbound on the rail because they can't get enough they they have too many containers to get through and get the the rail cars loaded and then on the back lane you can't get empties out and because you don't have as many longshoremen you have vessels that start to go on anchor so we started to see real bad backups, specifically in Los Angeles, which, Tom, I know you have mentioned you'd seen the vessels sitting out in the bay, San Pedro Bay. Um, we had as many as 42 vessels, container ships, that were on anchor at the maximum point, which was right around uh, February. Uh, now, you might say, okay, well, that's fine. You were coming out of peak season. Things should have been kind of calming down. The problem is, once you come out of that peak season, you're starting to kick into spring and people start shipping spring items. Mm-hmm. The other issue becomes now you have a panic and people start panic shipping. And so we get the toilet paper effect, essentially. We get the toilet paper effect, but now we're talking about it in containers and uh-huh. ocean vessels. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Space. So okay, so, so if if I can wrap my head around this. Because sure. you didn't have enough longshoremen and merchant marines, you get a backup of containers because there's not enough people to put them back on the vessels. The vessels go to anchor, which means it takes a little longer for them to get going. And mm-hmm. that causes a slowdown in shipping, which then causes people to go, oh my gosh, it's going to take two weeks. Well, I better order more so that when it gets here, I'm not stuck not being able to get it the next time, which then floods the channels. Am I Have I got it that? Starts, exactly. It starts flooding the channels. The other thing that it causes is that the ocean carriers start raising their prices mm-hmm. because they are going to try and restrict the flow. Right. So think of it like blood going through a blood vessel. They're trying to restrict the the, the vapid amount of blood going through the blood vessel. So they're going to raise prices to try and discourage people. Now, for about 10% of the market, it works. 5 to 10% of the market, that works. Typically, people in commodities, people who move hardwood floors or mm-hmm. um, people who move uh, screws or bolts, things that are standardized, not built to order, not specific items that need to ship. The problem becomes retail has grown so much over that period of time and is continuing to grow that it far surpasses this. And so you might we saw maybe a week to two weeks of relief when – prices rose but not enough to make it worthwhile yeah and that caused more inflation. so now where are we are where are we today now we are at a point now where container ship companies which in 20 years my 20 years in this industry haven't really made a huge profit margin they're typically floating by by the skin of their teeth maybe one two percent margin at best they're now making hand over fist in cash mm-hmm. because there are no vessels available. There are no more ocean vessels available to place containers on. Everything that could be booked has been booked. Um, I know companies that have chartered out vessels that are paying over $100,000 a day uh, for the vessel operation, which in normal times, whatever normal was, uh, would typically be somewhere from thirty dollars to $40,000 a day. Ocean freight containers, a report just released today, uh, ocean freight containers have gone up by 15 times their original cost. So let me explain. Normally, an ocean freight container from, say, Shanghai, which is a major fab hub out of China, coming to the U.S., would typically, in about two years ago, cost about maybe $2,000. Now we're seeing pricing somewhere around thirty-two dollars to $36,000 yeah. for an ocean can. Um, this has taken a huge hit on the market. Um, and it is causing severe congestion. Now, 
we talked about air freight. Where does that leave air freight? Air freight now has to pick up the, the slack from where these ocean partners are dying. But you, here's the thing. You can only fit three ocean containers on a 747-400. That's the max volume capacity that that sh- And that how many can you fit on an ocean freighter? Well, if we're going to Europe, you can fit 26,000. <laughs> on one freighter, yeah. On one ship. Yeah. And if you're going to the U.S., the U.S. max right now to the West Coast is about 14,000. East Coast is about 16,000. And I'm going to guess there aren't that many planes. No. No. So uh, so you can't are... quite you can't possibly at three containers per plane uh replace ocean freight with with air freight. Well, and now let's throw the extra wrinkle into that, Tom. This little thing that caused all this, the COVID virus, we had a vaccine that came out. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess what you need to do? It needs to stay cold and it needs to move fast. Mm-hmm. Guess what's going to move fast? Air freight. Air freight. So yep. all that air capacity is even further exacerbated. Yeah, it's um, further limited because you need to move vaccines and everybody agrees that's a priority. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and let's be honest, the vaccine people were paying probably two to three times as much, probably because it was government backed, but yeah, they were sure. paying two to three times as much just to make sure that their freight moved. So air freight rates have gone up they've actually come back down air freight rates are now somewhat more reasonable but just because the rate is reasonable doesn't necessarily mean you're going to find the space Mm -hmm. so we're still seeing influx of of price fluctuations and it is from a logistics manager perspective we can't gauge what our budgets are going to be i had a board of director member contact us and say hey what do you foresee the future you know you guys are above your budget by threefold what do you foresee the future being next year and i said i can't tell you next year i can tell you maybe three to six months at best yeah because there's no guarantee of what's changing and things change literally day by day in this industry now so it feels to me like uh, the, the the key problem, there were many problems that you described, but the key problem was the slowdown at the ports, the slowdown in the work, and the system hasn't yet caught up with that. Uh, well, the, there's, the, the, there's, the rep- repercussions of that, I should say. There's, there's, two, there's two points to that. Yes, and mm-hmm. you're also dealing with an industry that is very slow to change and very slow to improve things. Um, as much as on DTNS, we love to talk about Hyperloop and how fast it's going to be and, and SpaceX doing their, their, you know, suborbital rockets to move from LA to, uh, Shanghai in like six hours. Um, great. Or less than six hours, like 40 minutes. Awesome. Wonderful. Fabulous. Guess what? It's not there yet. Yeah. Um, also neither one of those can carry 42,000 containers. I'm guessing. No. no. (laughs) Well, SpaceX, or I'm sorry. Uh, Hyperloop could, depending on the size of the rail and the speed and velocity. Sure. So you okay. Could... All right. So there's theoretically a hope there, but it's pretty distant. Well, uh, Elon Musk has come out and said uh, about two, three weeks ago um, that he is looking at a possible Hyperloop solution uh, from China to the to the U.S. Now, mm-hmm. how is he going to do that underneath the Pacific Ocean? I have no how idea. How long does that but... take to build if he does figure it out? All of that stuff. Sure. And sure. Elon Musk is Elon Musk. So, yeah. hey, you know, I mean, the guy's going to Mars. Who knows? <laughs> um, so what, what, what are the possible solutions out there to, to get us out of this? Is it just time or are there other things we could do? It's it's multiple factors. First of all, it's going to be time. Um, the, the time heals all wounds to an extent. The other thing that 
um, I've been pushing for, and th I'm not getting on a political soapbox when I say this, but one of the things that I have been advocating for is opening up, in at least in the United States, of our rail lines. It's not like in Europe where you have um, anybody can use the rail, it's a government entity, and you just pay the usage rights on the rail track. Um, you have a what I call a biopoly. Uh, in the United States by monopoly, um, where there are two train companies on the West Coast and two train companies east of the Mississippi. And that's pretty much it. You have a couple smaller outfits, but really it's those two predominant ones. And they cannot normally cross Chicago or the Mississippi, depending mm -hmm. on how far they can come. They can't come past that point to go to the other side. So you don't have real competition. Mm -hmm. And I think real competition would help. The other problem is we have an amount of um, need for people to just be able to pick up their cargo timely. Um, and a lot of this is the fact that we don't have systems in this country that are built properly to be able to gauge how much volume is coming in, how much volume is going out, and how do you map where things are going to be in the process of the supply chain. So, you know, here's a good example. When I have ocean freight that comes into Seattle and usually comes into Seattle, gets put on the rail heads to Chicago. The rail company doesn't know that there's a container on that vessel mm. that's going to come to Chicago until that boat hits the pier, which is ridiculous because we have to notify at the time of booking over in Asia where we want this container to go. So 18 to 25 days prior, the steamship line knows where it's going to be. So the information is there. It's just not getting to everybody who might take well, benefit from knowing it. Or even if it is getting to the people who might benefit from knowing it, they're not changing. Yeah. There's there's no incentive to change. They're not taking advantage of that information, right? Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. So, and the U.S. is not alone in this. Um, Canada up in uh, Vancouver is, Vancouver is notoriously a port that um, is known in our industry as a wait and see port because cargo comes into Vancouver and it sits and sits and sits and sits and sits because the rail management in Vancouver is poor. It just is. Um, um, I'm not saying anything by spilling tea here. That's just a fact. Um, so we have known quantities and known variables of places. If you have been in this industry long enough, okay, you know, don't go here, don't go there, don't go here, don't go there. But the problem becomes everybody else knows the same thing. Right. So you get flooding. So when we see an opportunity come up, we had an opportunity come up a couple of weeks ago where we could take a vessel into a port north of Santa Monica. We looked at it and said, yeah, this is great. Let's jump on that boat. Um, literally. And then, we, and then we saw – literally. And then we saw the price of what they wanted to charge us, and we said, thank you, no, thank mm -hmm. you. But that's what's going on right now. It is a – literal seller's market right yeah, now yeah. when it comes to how this works. So it sounds like the resolution that, that you think would help is a little bit of internal lubrication to, to help help things move internally in the U.S. faster, uh, which would get things out of the ports faster, I, I would guess. Yes. Uh, and then and a little more efficiency at the ports so that that stuff that arrives doesn't sit around waiting for somebody to figure out where it should go. Right. And we have situations now where... Uh, we have a port um, that cargo comes into and it literally is – if it is destined to go on a rail car, it is literally taken to a separate pier and literally just dropped in the middle of the pier somewhere. Mm -hmm. We don't know uh, – big flat piece of land. And if you say, okay, where is this container located? They don't know. 
Yeah. They have no idea. There was an episode of The Expanse that, that took advantage of that yes. exact conceit. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember that episode. I thought of you when I watched that. I was like, oh, I bet oh. Jim's enjoying this thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't even explain how uh, how scary it is that art imitates life sometimes. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But, well, yeah. Man, thank you uh, for helping us understand this. I definitely have increased my understanding of what effect this is having and, and why it's happening. Uh, if people want to find out a little more about that end of things, I know you've been doing some things out there. Where can they go? Well, you can go to the Trade Nerd. That is um, my consultancy page if you want to hire me or learn things to do. Uh, if you want to follow me, join the DTNS uh, Discord group. I'm in there and hit me up, ask me a question. Um, the other thing you can do if you're so artfully inclined is to go to logisticshiq.com, logisticshiq.com, where you will find my book, uh, To Love Me or Not, Global Logistics Haikus from the Inside. And in the book, I go through uh, one day, it took me one day to write this book, to design the cover, to edit it, everything, um, as it was kind of a bucket list item. And uh, you'll see one day of the amount of hair pulling that I do out in haiku form, which is quite entertaining. So where do you go to get that? That's amazing. I can't believe logistics has inspired poetry. This is fantastic. Logisticshaiku.com. Logisticshaiku.com. Logistics Jim, thank you so much, man. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Tom. Folks, uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to support this show and the understanding that we're trying to bring to everybody by having folks like Big Jim on, uh, go to dailytechnewsshow.com slash Patreon. We'll be back on Monday with the news. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.